What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we're going to run through some SEC headlines with our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored Podcast. And we're going to take a very early peek at the SEC Week 5 games. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And a reminder, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. All right, we do it every week around this time. Let's bring in our buddy Chris Marler from the uh, College Football Uncensored podcast. Marler, what's going on, man? Not much, man. Just trying to get myself ready for October um, and this hurricane, even though I'm in Atlanta. Um, I definitely am going to, I'm going to just probably build that up on my Facebook and make sure my mom thinks that I'm okay with the Mark safe button and all that. But other than that, now I, like, I hate this weekend because it happens every year. Like if you remember like the 2015 Bama Georgia game with like the monsoon, like that was this weekend. There's, it yep. seems like there's always the first weekend of October gets ruined from some stupid hurricane, but I'm hoping that is not the case with some of these big games. Well, let's jump into it. We're going to debut a new segment, SEC headlines. Stand by for news. Now, SEC headlines. How's that for production value? How about that? All right, let me fade out this music because uh, that's unnecessary. Uh, let's jump into it, Marlon. We'll start with our first SEC headline. The uh, games are going to be moved. Hurricane Ian is expected to hit Florida this weekend. Already plans are being made. Moving games. South Carolina is going to move their Week 5 matchup against South Carolina State from Saturday to Thursday night. It's going to be 7 Eastern uh, set, uh, you know, at Williams-Brice Stadium. And the SEC Network is still going to carry the game. So that's cool. We'll get mm-hmm. to still be able to watch it. And then Florida changing their schedule, too. They're moving their game against Eastern Washington to Sunday at noon Eastern. So we get a little... Uh, Florida primer an hour before the NFL kickoffs on Sunday, but I pose this question. Is it right to move the games rather than either postpone or cancel them? Because it feels a little weird where it's like, Hey, South Carolina, I know uh, you guys are worried about flooding and maybe boarding up your houses, but let's get this game in Thursday night. Concession workers, come on over. Let's go. I mean, so like my family lives in Columbia, so I, I don't, it's not as bad in Columbia. It'll rain. There might be some flooding, but it won't be, it won't be as bad. I will say that doesn't speak to the rest of the state and do have to travel and always, you know, it is called the low country there for a, a reason, some of that area, but in the Midlands, they should be fine. And, and I do think the biggest thing when you look at this, like from like, just taking a step back, this is a huge payday for Eastern Washington. It's a huge payday for South Carolina State. It also probably means a little bit more to, to a team like South Carolina State. Now, Eastern Washington, who's already played Oregon and got their brains beat in, flying all the way across the country just so people can, you know, it'll probably be a half-filled stadium. It'll still be hot as shit. Like, that'll be probably miserable for them. Um, the South Carolina thing, like, I mean, like, I love the fact that they're still doing as much as possible to, to like, make sure that, like, the economy isn't hit super hard, like, from, like, you know, missing, like, a home weekend um, and all that good stuff. Because, you know, late in the season, I, I don't know if people are going to be going to, to this game unless you did it, like, after. Like, if you did it the first weekend of December and neither one of these teams were playing for the SEC championship, Come on. probably isn't going to be the case. South Carolina is not playing for the uh, championship. No, neither is Florida. Neither honest, is Florida. So. All right, next headline. During his media availability on Monday, Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin was asked about fan support in Oxford. 
And he took a shot at fans. He said, look, regardless of what you come out to before the game or at a halftime, when you come back out and you run out of the tunnel, it looks like a high school game being played at college stadium. You can't let that affect you. There's a psychology to it. So I ask you, Marler, the home slate for Ole Miss this year is featured games against Troy, Central Arkansas, and Tulsa. Should Lane keep his mouth shut and just, dude, schedule tougher home games? Yeah, great minds right here, man, because that, that was my first thought, too, was like I immediately started clicking on CFB stats to look up who their home games were. Troy, Central Arkansas, you played a road game, and you have you have Tulsa. This is homecoming, and it's it's the first week of October, which feels a little bit weird. Um, usually when I think of homecoming at Ole Miss, it's, I mean, I always think of vineyard vine vests no matter what when I think of all this, but it still might be too hot for that. I mean, look at, like, even last year, you, you had a, a, a non-con game against Louisville and Atlanta. You had Austin P and Tulane uh, at home as well. I just – yeah, that's more so on 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 him for trying to schedule better. Uh, I think better opponents, especially in, in the um, in the non-con slate. But also, if you're all Miss, man, like you went through some bad seasons, right? Sure. Like you went through some bad seasons, and even with some good talent on that team, why why would you not be wanting to show up at least early on for some of these games? Like I, I you know, the Tulsa game, it's hard to get excited about Tulsa. But but here's the other thing too. We talked. I think that I think I saw a, a tweet today that said like ten of the fourteen SEC teams have had ninety six percent or better um, home attendance. stadium capacity. Yeah, yeah and, and home attendance this year, and and even Bama's on there. And it's not like Bama's played a great great home schedule. And and I'm not comparing those two programs necessarily, but like if Auburn fans are showing up, if Bama fans are showing up for like you know Auburn has no reason to show up. Like honestly, at at any point for for that program. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, just show up and support the team, man. Or the, well, like, I tell you what you don't want to have is you don't want to lose Kiffin because of it. You yeah. Know? Well, also I think Saban threatened to kick fans asses if they left games early. He's like, you better be here. Yeah. Like literally though, like he was going to <laughs> kick you. Like, that was like your gift as a, a parting gift on the way out was a kick in the ass from him. And look, these Lane Kiffin years enjoy him, right? Cause we could always go back to Matt Luke and oh, you know. Matt Luke. <laughs> I just wanted to. I just wanted you to do a Matt Luke impression. All right, another headline: uh, Will Anderson. This is kind of in the same realm. Will Anderson told reporters Tuesday that he finds it disrespectful that opposing fans and opposing players even show up when he's on the field. Why bother? Uh, he said Alabama's goal is for opposing fans to leave the stadium before the third quarter. So I ask you: Is it too ambitious to try to send home fans home by halftime? A third Listen, quarter I get, fourth quarter I get, but like halftime we want to send you home? Come on. I mean, we're not that far away. From, first off, this comment, like no matter how it's taken from, from opposing fans or national media or whatever, it made my nipples harder than a ninth grade <laughs> algebra test. It was incredible. Um, I love that from, from Will Anderson. I love they, the, how the defense looks so far this year. Uh, he hasn't jumped off sides in two weeks, which is great, uh, I don't think. But, um, no, I, like we're not that far removed from like, you know, you remember like the Tua days, like like the not the show, but Tua, uh, the quarterback. The Tua days, I mean, they were, yeah. yeah, exactly. They, I mean, they were sending people home in the first quarter at times uh, back then. So I don't think any of the twenty twenty season they they jumped in, in, on people early and routed them. I love this mentality. Now we'll get into it a little bit later when we break down the game about just how different those numbers um, prove to be from like reality versus what he said. But yeah, I love that's the that's the goal. Uh, another headline, Luther Burden did not receive a single touch on offense for Missouri and their devastating loss at Auburn on Saturday. Drew a lot of criticism. Tuesday, Eli Drinkwitz gave an update on Burden, said he was injured in the second quarter, and said after that point his only job was to field punts because he still fielded punts after after that. I ask you, Marler, is Eli Drinkwitz BSing us? I don't know, but he if he – like – 
he better not be because outside of injury, there's no excuse for why this kid's not getting the football. We saw it in, in week one, and, and he was like, he was the only highlight against who they play in week one. They played Louisiana Tech, and it seemed like he was the only highlight. He only had three catches in that game. Like, what are we doing if he is not the offense? Be, like, And it's hard for me to look at a game, especially like the one they played against Auburn, where you got beat by a team who had 217 total yards and gave you every single possible chance to win that game. And they're like, no, no, no. I'm good. That was like watching two people at a four-way stop that were like both like, no, 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 no. Like After for like, you. But if that expended for an hour and a half or two hours, it's all that was. Um, I think it was 12, inching, 12 punts, right? Back to 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 back yeah. to back to back punts, yeah. Yes. Auburn, Auburn had opened up with two scoring drives in their first two possessions and didn't score the rest of the game and had six – like their next – I think their next eight – or in the next 10 possessions were eight punts and like two turnover on downs or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're Mizzou, just give that kid the ball. He should be the focal point of the offense. Like, like we make this comment about Anthony Richardson. They're going to go as far as, he, as he'll take him, and he's a quarterback, so it makes more sense that way. You, what else do you have if you're Mizzou? Yeah. You don't even have a kicker anymore. Yeah, you had Nathaniel Pete, and then he fumbled at the one, and, you know, you can't really rely on that. Uh, by the way, Luther Burton, after this game, scrubbed his social media, took everything Mizzou off it. Well, he later tweeted out, uh, Mizzou fans, please don't misunderstand my intentions. I'm always a Tiger. Just be patient. Here we come. Day and age of the transfer portal. Look, you got to have a couple bad games. These kids are very quick to go. I'm done yeah. with you. I am out. But Luther Burton staying put for the time being. One more headline, Marler. I don't know if you saw this, but... They're working on the new EA Sports video game, and they're asking schools to send us, hey, what songs do you want from your band on, like, first down, second down, and all this? And yeah. the report came out that LSU is not going to use Neck. They did not request it. Is LSU making a mistake not using Neck in the upcoming video game? It's a mistake every time Neck is not played and, and, and not taken advantage of being played. It is the best song I love Dixieland Delight. I love, we, you know, Won't Back Down. I love when Georgia comes out to, uh, wow, I almost just committed a Cardinal sin and called it Teenage Wasteland, but Bob O'Reilly, <laughs> I love all that. Um, Neck is awesome. Sandstorm. Neck is awesome. And it, Sandstorm is another one. Um, but, but like, Neck, it, like, it's just such a, it's such a beautiful, like, symphony from, from just drunk-ass LSU fans that, it, like, it's almost like, it's so aggressively obscene that it, it almost is canceled out because of how aggressively obscene the people singing it are. Like, no, it's not that bad. You think about these people. They've said much worse today. <laughs> when I was in school, they played it, and it was bah, 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 da, bah. Yeah. And that was it. It was just, it was neck. It wasn't STTDB, which is what it evolved right. into. And now people love it, especially uh, nice especially 12-year-old boys. They really enjoy that. All right. Can't when say we, that. When we... Uh, <laughs> When we return here on uh, the Locked on SEC podcast, we're going to get to uh, previewing the games this weekend with our buddy Chris Marler. Hang tight just one second. First, need to remind you about our friends over at Bet Bet BetOnline is the place you need to go to get all your information throughout the college football betting season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles. Every Friday right here on the show, we give you all the latest BetOnline odds for all the SEC games heading into the weekend. It's the fastest and easiest way for you to check in on all your favorite games and events. Every sport, including all the uh, betting odds out there for all the college football games heading into the weekend. Head to BetOnline.net to use... Uh, use it on your mobile device. You can learn more. It is bet online, and it is where the game starts. Go check it out today.
continue on with our buddy Chris Marler. And Marler, we head into SEC Week 5. And I figure we'll get some of the, um, the, the less exciting games out of the way here first. Uh, I want to start. And by the way, Tennessee and Vandy both get buys this week. Vandy, much needed after getting beat down by Alabama. Tennessee, much needed after... Oh, God, is it going to happen again? Is Florida going to come back and beat us? They get the win and they move on. But let's start with the Thursday night game. It's 2-2 and South Carolina hosting 1-2 and South Carolina State. We mentioned moving to Thursday because of the hurricane. It's going to be on SEC Network. Um, I I watched a little bit of South Carolina this week. They got the run game back going. Marshawn Lloyd Mm -hmm. looks good. Um, For South Carolina, man, just kind of, like, can you kind of get better? Can we get Spencer Rattler a little bit better? Because he's not looked good so far. There were some positives, I think, from this. And, and you talked about, like, the run game going. I, I, I did a deep dive on this on Sunday, and they put up 50 points. Uh, they put up 500 yards of offense, and they put up 295 yards uh, on, on the ground. That's the most they've had, like, in rushing offense, I think, in the last three seasons. It's the most offensive total yards they've had, in, or maybe the second most since, like, 2019. And that 50-plus points, that's only the second time. This is going to blow your mind. This is only the second time since 2013 that they have put up over 50 points in a game. And it wow. was it was this past weekend. So I think there's a lot of positives from that standpoint. For me, and I love the fact they got the ground game going, I don't think the ground game is going to be a, a, something you can depend on just because of that offensive line when you play SEC teams. Um, I will say that Spencer Rattler completing 70% of his passes, that's a big deal because in, he was a 70% completion percent percentage quarterback like career-wise um at at OU and also I think it's like 10 of his 16 starts he, he threw for over 70 percent that kind of stuff I think is is more important the most important thing for me is the same shit I said last week just put somebody away in the first half right why are you struggling with Charlotte why are you struggling with Georgia State like these teams have been really bad in every other game they've played and yet against you early on they look like you know I don't want to say the Titans because the Titans are also bad, but Titans in general, you know. I'd be curious to know what uh, Rattler's completion per or, or yards per completion is, though. If he's completing that high percentage, man, it must be like four or five yards of completion. Yeah. We'll look that up yeah, later. That's not good. Uh, one and two Eastern Washington is going to be a two and two in Florida on, on Sunday morning. We mentioned moving with the hurricane. The big positive, I mean, like it was funny, Marler, after losing this rivalry game, I don't think I've if I've met more Florida fans who were like, hey, not bad. Hey, yeah. Anthony Richardson looked pretty good. Like, you hate moral victories, but that was a good moral victory for Florida. Yeah, what's up with everyone saying they don't like moral victories? I Like, some moral victories are okay. I, I don't, I just, I'm very confused as to how everyone, like Eli Drink was talking about it today, Sam Pittman was talking about it. Like, some of these programs, like, I'm not saying, that, especially with Arkansas, that you should love a moral victory, but I mean, at some point, especially with how immoral the SEC okay, can be. Okay, you know sometimes I mean? they say, they go to the, just, I don't care if we win ugly, just win. You think Auburn's celebrating that win on Saturday? No, winning ugly. They did. <laughs> Their fans didn't. The team did. You see them in the locker room? Yeah. They were, I mean, that's a tough scene. I, I, I mean, like, I will say, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like Dan Mullen here. I do think you celebrate wins in your life in general and like try to stay positive as much as possible. This is different though. And it's not what a majority of fans want to see or what they expect from, from some of these teams. If you're Florida, I, I thought, like, they could, like, here's what I, I I hang on to with this game. And this is, like, when you watch that team when they were down by 17-plus points, and I hated it as somebody that that had Tennessee to cover and thought, you know, the, the game was over. The fact that that team didn't roll over and die, still came back, got a, got a stop on fourth down, got a, you know, a touchdown, and, and had a chance at an onside kick, which they recovered, like, the fact that they didn't roll over and die, which is something we did not see from Dan Mullen's teams a year ago, that was huge. And so, moral, whatever you want to call it, moral victory or whatever, I 
I thought it was really impressive. Yeah, it feels weird to say, to give a team credit. Hey, they didn't quit, but you're right. That, that Florida team did quit multiple times last year under yeah. Mullen. Uh, Saturday night, 6.30 Eastern on the SEC Network. It is number one Georgia at 2-2 two and two Mizzou. And poor Eli Drinkwitz, it just keeps getting tougher. Georgia, a little sleepwalky, I guess is what I call the performance against Kent State. But I expect they're going to show back up and show out this week. I would think so. I mean, that's a, that's a, it was great for a lot of reasons, mainly because you get to hear their fans shut up a little bit on on social media, which I loved. Um, But also the fact that that team, like this is the kind of stuff that you, you want to see if you're Kirby smart. And he didn't mention the post game, like the, you know, interview or press conference, like they didn't punt once, right. They still have the fewest punts in the sec. I mean, you look at the numbers, they put up over 500 yards of offense. They, they had three turnovers. There were several things that like, there were absolute, you know, not mismatches, mismatches, but like there was a, a big difference in some of those, some of those stat numbers. Um, I will say the concerning part is when you, it's not the 50 yard touchdown pass that you gave up, right? It's that you had multiple 12 plus play yard or plus play drives that went for almost 70 yards. So Kent State sustaining drives, that, that part is a little bit of a concern. Yeah, and Brock Bowers, still unguardable. I don't know why they don't just throw it to him every down. Uh, every down. The the, uh, the other night game, and this will be the last, we'll get into the bigger, bigger games in the next segment, but uh, 6 p.m. Central on ESPN, it is and 3-1 LSU at 3-1 and Auburn. Uh, talk about just two programs like going in opposite directions. Like LSU feeling pretty good about themselves, getting better yeah. every week. The Madhouse defense looking really good. And Auburn seemingly playing worse every week. They got a win this past week. But, man, just I, I think I saw Marler like right on Saturday night. The line first came out. It was Auburn minus one. It then went to LSU minus seven. And now it's up to LSU minus nine. Like I've never seen a line move this dramatically. Wait, yeah, you haven't seen it. It's LSU. Oh, damn it. I should have jumped all over that. I saw it at three, and I was like, that's weird. That, that three and a half, maybe. I think I think my dumbass overthought it and was like, three and a half? What's up with that hook? I don't know if I if I can <laughs> if I can trust that. Um, no, LSU, it's it's I love this because we, you know, there's so much confirmation bias that we're desperately trying to see from from like teams like early on in the season, and we're trying to hold on to these like ideas, like the whole thing about like Texas be, you know, they're not any good and blah, blah, blah. I, I still maintain the fact that team, like they've lost two games by four total points without their starting quarterback. But like in the same breath, you talk about an LSU team that like the sky was falling in Baton Rouge early on. I saw, I saw fans saying like, if I'm LSU, I'm, I'm like, I can't, I can't believe we lost that game, but at least there were positive signs. But you almost lost to Florida State. Well, now Florida State's 4-0. Right. Right? You Pretty lost by team. one point on – yeah. And, and, if you're, and if you're LSU, where I love this, especially from a betting standpoint, like you, a 10-point favorite is probably not even nearly enough. Jaden Daniels has been fantastic. I mean, the competition hasn't been great, but it's his third game out of four total where he's had 300-plus yards of offense with no interceptions. He only had three games like that all last season. So he's done that very early on here. Um, the defense has been fantastic. They've, they've jumped on people early. Uh, I think in the last two home games, I think you guys, or besides Mississippi State, um, you jumped out to like 80-something to nothing at the, at the half. Uh, this is a Power 5 team, obviously, and it's a conference rival. But, I mean, they're outscoring opponents 41-7 to in the, in the fourth quarter this year is, is LSU. And Auburn has been, or Brian Harson specifically, has been the worst second-half coach in the country since he's become a head coach. That's, that's factually true. Yeah. That is factually true that they, they, are, they are getting outscored in the second half on an average of like 11 points in their last like six or seven Power 5 games. LSU will cover this, and they will 
most likely put him out of his misery. And by the way, LSU in the like top 20 in the country in a lot of defensive categories, only yeah. behind Bama and Georgia. So literally, like right. you're the third best SEC defense right now. So we'll see. And the offense is right behind Ole Miss. Yeah. So we're, we're going to see our more with Chris Marler in just a second. We'll get into the big, big games happening this weekend in the SEC. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Hey, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Just go to their website. You can add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills you want to look at. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college and post your job for free terms and conditions apply all right rolling along here with chris marler of the college football uncensored podcast marler we got to get into the three big sec on sec games happening this weekend and we'll start 11 a.m. Central on ESPN. I wish this was a night game in the Grove, but number seven, Kentucky at number 14, Ole Miss. Chris Rodriguez coming back for Kentucky, but, man, that Ole Miss ground game has been so, so dominant. Quinchon Judkins, just a three-star running back that had offers Mm -hmm. from all over the SEC. Who knew with Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley coming in that he would be the featured back, really? So I don't think he is the featured back necessarily. I do think that that – there's a lot of weapons on this offense that that Kiffin is still trying to figure out how to, you know, disperse some of the, like the touches to. I mean, Evans is your best player. It's not close, right? Evans is your best player. Trey you think Evans that. is that better than Judkins? Though I think they've both kind of been equal overall. I mean, overall, I think the numbers would definitely back that up too. I'm just saying from a talent standpoint, I do think Zach Evans is is the guy. But it's it's. I mean, like. Listen, having options here is not a bad thing. I, I think that this is a, it's going to be interesting because they looked bad against Tulsa last week. A Tulsa offense that's that makes sense that they they kind of struggled with. But if you look at it, like where, where my concern is in this game is is twofold. Uh, Ole Miss's defense has been really good this year. Like you talk about Kentucky getting Chris Rodriguez back, this offense has looked anemic at times. Their their average margin of of, of not victory, but their scoring margin in the first half of games is zero. It's a dead tie, and they haven't really played a murderer's row. It's been like Miami, Ohio, Northern Illinois, you know, Florida, and someone else. Um, they've been outrushed, outgained in rushing yards by three of their four opponents, which is not a staple of Mark Stoops' like, teams at all. Um, I, I don't think Kentucky wins this game. I don't know if the six-and-a-half points is, is fair, because especially for a noon kick in the Grove, but I think Ole Miss is the better team. And, and the one thing we don't talk about them is – I mean, they were they were leading the SEC in, in rush defense and for yards per carry going into last week's game. Now, they did give up over six yards of carry in that game. I don't expect to see that this weekend, and I think that there's going to be a lot of room for for uh, a lot of like a lot of opportunities to be taken advantage of from a, a Kentucky team that has a lot of turnover issues, especially with Chris Rodriguez. Well, anytime you can wear helmets with paint splotches on them, you, you definitely suit up and put them on if you're Ole Miss. For sure. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll say, like, how good is Chris Rodriguez? Because Will Levis has had a lot of pressure on him these first few weeks, having to throw the football a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, look, he's had a couple interceptions, but 
a bunch of touchdowns, a bunch of 300-yard games. If it's a shootout, can Jackson Dart's arm win it if he has to? That's a big question mark there, but they yeah. are at home. Uh, 3 o'clock Central on the SEC Network. It's number 17, Texas A&M at 3-1 Mississippi State. Upset! Upset! I'm hearing the alarm bells go off, Marler. What, like... Why are we not talking more about this game? A&M just beat two ranked teams in Miami and and uh, Arkansas. But, my God, Mississippi State, Will Rogers, they, they get limited at LSU. They bounce back this week. Six touchdown passes against Bowling Green. They're at home. The cow, Cowbells are going to be going nuts. And, oh, by the way, they beat A&M last year. Mississippi State, man, what are we missing here? So, I, one, it's not an upset because they're favored by three and a half I points, know, but is, I know Vegas says that. Up. I know Vegas says that. I'm just saying, like, I, I've read three articles this week. Like, well, the Aggies are going to keep rolling. I'm like, they have yeah, no quarterback well, play. I'll never forget being just hammer drunk at, at the LSU Auburn game a year ago and going to get another round of beers in the club section and being like, I just could not. I was so confused as to what what I was looking at because A and M was losing to to Mississippi State, um, and and I couldn't figure. Out. I was like, am I seeing the colors wrong? Am I reading something? What is happening right now? Um, no, A and M like. It'll be interesting to see how they look after three very emotional games. You have the loss at App State, you rally the troops, and, and you beat a, a Miami team that isn't good, even though they were ranked 13th at the time. Then you beat a top 10 Arkansas team um, at home, and, and, and you do it in a way where you come back. The issue for me here is, like, like it's a great matchup in terms of Mississippi State's strength, obviously, is throwing the football, right? They, Will Rogers has been incredible. Uh, last week, I think, was like his fifth game in his last seven total where he had over um, 300 yards, eight, like 75% completion percentage and like five touchdowns. Uh, he's going up against an Aggie defense that going into the Arkansas game was only allowing like under four yards per attempt. So it's a very good secondary. Mississippi State has scored in 15 of their 16 total quarters this season. They've been very consistent at putting points on the board. I don't know if A&M is built, even though we saw a week ago, if they're built to come back especially now they're down another player, um, if they're built to come back from that. But yeah. I, I I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole in terms of, why, why is it a 4 o'clock game on SC Network? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, this should be a night game. Like, this should get the primetime treatment, and, and everybody's going to be watching the CBS game probably over this one. But, like, this is the one. And, and you just you – th- it was a throwaway line. You said loses one of their players. It's their leading receiver. Anaya Smith right. has been the – like, he catches everything for them. So – like, Evan Stewart's Dude. been nice as a freshman, but, man, like, Max Johnson already can only throw for, like, 150 yards a game. Now you're going to take a nice Smith away? like Against the worst defense in the country, against past defense, for at least, or at least. And, like, then here's the other thing, too. I, and I, I didn't think that we made it a big enough deal out of this, but the lack of creativity from Jimbo and this offense and, like, production, they had 54 total plays, or I'm sorry, 55 total plays against Arkansas for, like, 344 yards, right? Anaya Smith went down in the second half. It wasn't like he was out early. You know how many total players touched the football, had like an offensive touch, whether it was a reception or a carry in that game? I know Devon A-Chain. That was basically their whole offense, right? Yeah, it was six total, and that's including the quarterback. And 47 of those 55 plays were either to A-Chain or with Max Johnson. Wow. And look, I'm not trying to hate on the Aggies, but I think if you replayed that game right now, I think Arkansas wins it. Like, yeah, A&M just got – dude, like, they're going in to punch it and go up 21-7 to 7 right before the half, and then the fumble and all that. I think K.J. Jefferson learned, for, learned from his mistakes, and that's going to bring us to our last game, the 230 Central Special on CBS. It is number two Alabama, number 20 Arkansas. Marler, I think 
there's been a lot of rat poison out this week because there's a lot of people saying, oh, Arkansas lost to A&M, so they suck. They got no chance against Alabama, and I'm going, wait a minute. I've seen Alabama on the road last year and this year, and Alabama's yeah. a different team when they go on the road and they leave those friendly confines of Tuscaloosa. So I think this one's close. I keep seeing this double-digit, what, 16, 17 points. I think, and here's the thing, Arkansas better not be listening to any of their callers on talk radio this week because I've been hearing a lot of them like, oh, we suck. We're going to go 6-6. Six and six. If Arkansas contains regroups, man, they can give Alabama their best shot. Had they not lost that game last week, I think game day would have been there in, in oh, Fayetteville this week, and it would have been a, a way more hyped game, but do not sleep on Arkansas. I think they have a chance to pull off an upset. You don't think uh, Mr. Drew Sanders wants to get after Bryce Young and, and throw him to the ground like he's done everybody else around the country the first few weeks? Yeah, no, I think all that's a very solid point, and especially with the, how Bama's looked on the road versus at home and, and, and some of those some of those numbers especially. Um, listen, I, like, I, I looked this up earlier, and there's, there's only been, since 2017, there's only been – nine games there's been 15 total games from played by alabama where you've had either a loss or you've won by one score or less right so 15 total you get six losses five of those came on the road or in a neutral site that came from away from home of the nine games the nine wins you had by uh by single digits or one score or less seven of those came on the road they wow. have played much closer games on the road and, and we look at a, a scoring margin that's like you know last year total it was like 19 points, uh, like average scoring margin. This year, it's even more. I think it's like 37. Um, it's not been like that on the road, especially against Power 5 teams. I, I will say, Bama's going to lose a game, I think, in the next three weeks. A&M, Tennessee, or this one. This is the one you want to lose if you're a Bama fan. <laughs> well, but either way. But this is the one you want to lose. Because you, you don't want to have like a, a – like I said this a week ago, if you're a Bama fan, what you want more than anything from, from Arkansas and A&M is a, like, down-to-the-wire, emotional loss, like, that, that like gut-wrenching loss for Arkansas that's going to be hard for them to bounce back from. And that's what happens. So that's great. You don't want to have that be the case for Bama this week, or I mean, with a win, and then play A&M, and then go on the road against Tennessee. I, I still like to think that Bama – I don't know if 17 points is what I would be betting on. I do think Bama wins by double digits. I, I think that they pull away because I think that Arkansas is not a one-trick pony, but I don't think they have enough on offense outside of K.J. Jefferson um, for them to put, put Bama away, especially with that secondary. And by the way, if you're going to lose any of those for Bama, lose the Tennessee game because it's – I know it's a rivalry and you've owned them, but it's, it's always better if you're in the West to lose to an East team. You're still in that driver's seat. You win the you win the West. You go to Atlanta, blah, 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 blah. You're going to lose to Sam Pittman or Vol Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You guys will never uh, – but but keep in mind, what's Arkansas won like, or lost 14 or 16 in a row in this series? Like Saban has never lost to, to Tennessee. No, to, Ar to, to Tennessee Arkansas. or Arkansas. It's, come on, cream rises to the top eventually, right? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it's Chris Marler, College Football Uncensored Podcast. So what do you guys have working this week? Well, I just realized halfway through this show, a lot of the same stats I threw out we'll be having on our show. <laughs> uh, no, we, we've got a, we got a big preview coming tomorrow of the, the week ahead, and then and not not just the SEC, but also some of the national games and kind of giving out some of the other other things. We get into October, man. Like, I, There's nothing I hate more than a September Heisman, but we start finding out who's who's real and who's not. Um, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be doing a show tomorrow. We'll probably doing some winning and boozing. My dog will probably come in right at the end of the show, which is good. Um, and that's about it. So best part of October, sure October, brother, you get those pumpkin spice lattes. That's when you really know it's worst. football season. He is Chris Marler. Thanks so much for the time. Man. We'll talk to you next week. Of course, man.
All right, he's Chris Marler, College Football Uncensored Podcast. Join us every week right here on Locked on SEC. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Now you'll make your second listen. Check out uh, some of our other great Locked on Podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network. Talking your team every day. We got uh, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Texas A&M. We got you covered just about every team that you want uh, covered. Georgia, Bama, Florida, we got you covered. Wherever you find your podcast, just search Locked On and your favorite SEC school. We got you covered there. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.